Welcome to the fourth episode in, it feels like, less than a week of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. It's been a long couple of days, a lot of wrestling, a lot of developments in the wrestling industry. Uh, Jason, how you doing today? How does it feel to uh, be in the beginning of the Seth Rollins era as champion? I love it. I'm excited. Um, Raw was fantastic. I think the best Raw of the year we've had so far. Uh, the crowd was phenomenal, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going over it all with you. And uh, you know what? We both uh, thought Brock Lesnar was going to keep the title when we did our WrestleMania preview. And based on the fact that John doesn't read spoilers, I think we were both happy that we were wrong. We both, you know, Brock was a dominant champion. Brock's still going to be involved. But the way that they, they did it, I think it was done really well. And I'm sure this sounds like someone just saying Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking, as the term is. But seeing what they did, I think it was the right decision. I love Brock, but Seth Rollins, I think, is a fresh face. They didn't do a lot to make stars during WrestleMania, but they made a star in Seth Rollins. And I think it was the right decision looking at it now. I think, I mean, Corey... The way they played it on Raw, and we complain a lot about the way they do things, about the booking. They couldn't have booked that better on Raw. They could not have booked it better. They made Rollins look like a pussy, weak, you know, heel. Like, you want to make a heel look like... They know the fans like Rollins because he's good in the ring and all that, but they made him look like such a heel. They made look like they made Brock look like such a badass. I mean, it was perfect. They've given Rollins now three viable candidates if you want to count Reigns in there and Reigns Orton and Brock Lesnar. They wrote Lesnar off TV, and this is all in the name of of having Rollins be the champion. And I think he's set up really, really well um, to be a champion. And, yeah, I just I love what they did. Love what they did on Raw. And you know what? And the ratings would agree with you. I mean, uh, WWE Raw telecast uh, averaged 5.363 million viewers, up wow. from 3.919 million viewers the week before. And it was more than the night after last year's WrestleMania, which was a 5.45 million. So, I mean, the the way that they went and booked Mania going in was very lackluster, but whatever they did on Sunday really worked. And the fans, you, you know, showed that they cared because five-plus five million people Watched Raw, and, you know, next week, who knows what the number will be. It might be back down to, you know, low, th- mid-threes. But for for one night, WWE is back on track, and the fans are the viewers, at least. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I mean, for the f- I'll say this. Uh, you know, the 5 million people that watch, they got a hell of a show. Three-hour show is hard to do, and, you know, Raw's always got these kind of big holes in it because of the length of time. But for a three-hour show, that's as good as it gets, in my opinion. Well, I didn't want to go there right off the top. I thought we'd, we'd start with Brock, but you brought it up, so I'm going to say it. I thought, and I'm going to say, I say this all the time, if Raw was two hours, it would be a great show. Everything after the stuff with Cena and Dean Ambrose, I thought was a typical lackluster Raw. I thought that main event was terrible. Whoever wrote the first two hours and 15 minutes of that show did not write the last, you know, 40 minutes where you have characters that nobody cares about in your main event. Yeah, people like Ryback a bit. Reigns is is hot, you know, right now after showing he could do something at Mania. But you have Big Show and Kane in a main event. Those I know the fans are going to, you know, want to be the star of their own television show the day after Raw. But I can understand why the, the Raw fans, you know, shat on that last 45 minutes of Raw. The first two hours and 15 minutes with your NXT's, NXT guys getting over and all the stuff was with Brock, the uh, IC title stuff was awesome, that U.S. title match was pretty damn solid, but everything after that point was not good. Corey, I don't think you can make a three-hour show that's like that. I, I don't think... We've been watching Raw for three hours now for a long time. I don't think they, I don't think it's possible to make, I mean, when, you know, we heard from Triple H, you know, with the Stone Cold thing. I mean, I think the way Triple H made it seem is that you can't make a good show like that for three hours. 
you can't make the show for three hours like that. There's just not enough. Uh, there's not enough guys on the roster. There's not enough writing staff. I mean, it's too much. So they did a phenomenal show for two hours and 15 minutes. And then the main event, you know, they had the Rusev thing, which was a squash match. And that's okay to have a squash match. It's not a problem. I agree. Um, the main event was whatever. Again, Big Show and Kane, I'm really, really sick of seeing those two. Honestly, if it had been anyone other than those two, I would have been fine with it. I just, I'm, I'm really over Kane and the Big Show. Um, so I, I really would like to see the authority switched up and changed a little bit. But I guess, you know, they're not going to do that. Basically, Big Show and Kane are bodyguards to Rollins. So that's kind of where they're going with this. I get that. I just don't need to see them in main events. But beyond that, the first two hours and 15 minutes were amazing. They weren't good. They were amazing. We talk about what the WWE is capable of and the things that they're capable of doing. And that's why I think we sometimes get frustrated because we see how they so perfectly wrote those first couple of hours. Then forget about the audience. They were absurdly good. But just the writing of the show and how it was scripted and how they didn't have Triple H come out and talk with the authority because we've already seen Triple H against Brock, but they actually made it Stephanie, which means there's going to be no physicality, and really Rollins is the one who's going to be the person doing the handiwork in terms of the in terms of the authority and having a match with Lesnar. So I'm glad they took Triple H out of it. So even down to that, you know, down to how Stephanie cut the promo, saying so talking about sports and saying she owned. I mean, it was it was so well done, and, and it. And again, a lot of that's due to Brock, and we've talked about that before. He just is a more impactful guy. He just means more when he's out there. Um, and it was just brilliantly done. Not even counting the IC match, which was maybe the best match they've had on television this year. Um, and, you know, as as good of a match as they possibly... I mean, it was a WrestleMania kind of match, you know, as far as that match, but I thought it was phenomenal. You know, the NXT stuff was, forget about it. A lot of that was the crowd, because the crowd knew all those guys, and they couldn't wait to see them. But just how they wrote it, and how they wrote and, and we'll talk about Brock later, but I think there's a lot they could do with him and, and his character. But I, I just thought Raw was brilliant. I really did. And to all those listening right now, that's as close as Jay's going to say that I, I was right in my earlier statement. So I'll accept that for what it was. Jay wouldn't actually say those words, but... What do you mean what you were right in your earlier uh, statement about what? That Roar was very good for it, but there were problems. There weren't any problems, Corey. It's a three-hour show. You can't make a three-hour show that good. You know, I, it's not a, I mean, you're laughing, but, Corey, you cannot make a three-hour show that good. You can't. I, I don't think, I don't know that it's possible. Every Raw we've watched, the only thing I did not like to be honest with you, it was Kane the Big Show. But they're there. It is what it is. I don't like them being there. It is what it is. The fans are chanting for them to retire. <laughs> they're chanting them for I mean, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know. It is what it is. They're there. So what are you going to do with them? Um, but I'd rather stick to kind of the positive. And the positive was how well the show was written um, for the most part. And, you know, what they did with some of these things. And it was brilliantly written. Not, it was, oh, well, that made sense. I mean, it was brilliantly written. I agree. I agree with you. Um, so what do you think of the two NXT debuts? Uh, yeah. Neville doesn't have a first name, so he joined Cesaro in that, in that group. <laughs> and uh, Kalisto, I think, looked pretty good. And uh, unfortunately, the New Day, uh, whew, he was, they were not received well. Yeah, and, and, okay, so the thing is, they picked the perfect time to bring, to debut the NXT guys. They knew the crowd was going to be hot for the NXT. Um, they were just in San Jose on Friday. I think they had 4,100 people, and the show sold out in two hours. And I think a lot of those people went to Mania, who also went to Raw the next day. So those people were just couldn't wait to see the NXT guys. And I think that's going to help them in terms of the future, because now the audience who was watching, the 5 million people who were watching Raw is like, oh, these guys are fun and exciting, and people were cheering for them for some reason. So now it's like social norming. 
So now, like, I need to cheer for these guys, too. So I think that'll help them get over. Kalista, obviously, is a lot of fun, and, and, and he's awesome. Um, and him and Sinkara are a good team. The New Day got crapped on, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what it is with them. Um, and as far as Neville, it, it is weird. They only gave him one name. But, you know, people suggested this on other form, formats. Instead of making these guys have some crazy gimmick or something stupid, just have them come out there and be awesome wrestlers. Just have them be an awesome wrestler and see how that goes. They've done this with these NXT guys where they have this big, huge buildup. And for weeks, we see vignettes and so on and so forth. And obviously, we've seen that in some cases, it really hasn't worked out, namely Bo Dallas. Um, then we've seen the guys, you know, and, and Adam Rose. So, you know, instead, they really just said, you know what, we're just going to put this guy out there and see if the fans really take to him and take to his moveset and all that stuff. And they, they did that. Now, we'll see how they debut, debut some of the other guys. I think maybe they, I don't know, I, I could see them doing something different with the Kevin Owenses and the Sami Zayn's and putting them in some type of stable, but we'll see how that goes. I think the crowd ate it up. I think it was a great time to debut them, and I think the guys did really, really well. And um, I thought that the, I, I thought the Lucha Dragons were really a fresh, new thing, and I think this tells you that most of the Usos are going to be out of action for a little while with this injury. So they brought up another tag team to mostly feud with. Cesaro and Kid, which is, I think, is a good sign. Um, I'm going to still call him Adrian Neville because right now it's still fresh in my head. I thought Neville looked really good. He was in there against the right well, guy. His first name hasn't changed. He still has a first name. They just don't call him his first name, <laughs> so you can still call him Adrian Neville because you know they just didn't. They just cut his first name out. Well, I'm just I'm glad though they didn't go with the idea of the Mighty Mouse gimmick, which was rumored about for a Me while. Too. Me too. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how long they wait to give this guy a microphone, if they do, and what happens when he actually starts to talk, because he but did you know get he's better not get over with, But you know, though, Corey, he's not going to get over with the microphone. That's not how he's going to get over. He's going to get over with this moveset. Absolutely not. He's going to get over by having good matches, and, you know, in NXT, they didn't have him talk for a long time. If they do, if they have him get over by his moveset, and they can have him talk very, you know, just a little bit. And he'll still be able to get over it. So have him just do great moves and then maybe have him talk down the line. But they don't need to have him talk for a while. I think the fans are going to be into him at a base level just due to his moveset. Based on night one, do you think that, uh, and I know we like both of these guys more than we like the people who came up last year. But do you think after night one, is, do you have a better feeling that Kalisto and Neville are going to have a bigger upside with when we say next year than Bo Dallas and Adam Rose did? We're taking Paige out of the equation because she's a separate entity. But based on, do you think when we're talking next year's WrestleMania, will both these guys be positive, uh, have positive moments in the WWE, or do you think we're going to have another year of? Uh-oh, we don't know what to do with these guys after a couple of weeks and, you know, see Adam Rose. I think Lucha Dragons and Neville will be in some type of undercard gimmick match to start WrestleMania next year. The tag team title, turmoil, tornado match, and the IC ladder TLC match. You know, they'll have some play, if I had to predict, at the undercard of WrestleMania. Now you can say, is that good enough? I, I think it is for these guys making their debut. Adam Rose, I, I guess he was on WrestleMania. <laughs> and Bo Dallas, was, I think, was on WrestleMania. Were they Adam Andre Rose. I don't remember seeing Adam Rose in the Andre I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, if we don't remember, that shows you what impact they had in WrestleMania. Bo Dallas so, was, though. Um, I guess Bo Dallas yeah, was there. But, but, yeah, but they had very little impact. I think these two guys will have more of an impact because they're not – they don't have to get over on the mic. They have to get over through their moveset, which they're going to be able to do, in my opinion. Um, the Bo Dallas thing, I think, is interesting. I think Bo Dallas actually could, was kind of getting over. So I'm not really sure what happened with him. And Adam Rose was obviously a colossal disaster. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect those guys to have an impact, to have good matches on Raw and SmackDown, and um, to, you know, have a couple of matches on pay-per-views. 
one of them maybe, you know, obviously Lucha Dragon, we'll see them go for the tag titles at some point. And um, well, I'm sure we'll see Neville fight for the U.S. title or IC title at some point in the next year. So I see them doing a nice job and having an impact on the roster. And before we move off of uh, the NXT call-ups, were you a little bit surprised after the way basically Charlotte has been a little bit of a losing streak and after she dropped the title that she wasn't called up? Or do you think uh, we'll do you think it's just a couple of weeks away and we'll see her sooner than later on Raw? I think we'll see her sooner rather than later. Uh, they had a lot going on last night, so I think maybe they wanted to kind of keep the impact to, you know, we saw a couple of guys this week that maybe we'll see someone next week or the week after. So I think they want to kind of you know spread these debuts out. All right, a um, couple more I guess thoughts on Raw before we get to. Uh, Brock Lesnar, just to get those out of the way. What do you think of the return of uh, Sheamus? Do you think it was impactful, or is it just he has a, a shitty look, and uh, which is good for him as a heel? But he, you know, he came back, he beat up on uh, you know Ziggler for a few minutes. Do you think it's going to be a lasting impact, or what was your thoughts on Sheamus coming back last night? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I love the fans chanting, he looks stupid. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I thought his look is whatever. Um, I'm glad he's a heel for sure. Um, and I think, you know what? It makes the IC title stronger. You have all these viable contenders now for the belt. You have another heel to join Barrett as another, you know, strong heel. So I think really he's going to help that division for sure keep that division strong, which I think it is really becoming strong now. And um, so I think he's fine. I would have liked to see him join the authority. It's just, just what, I, what I would have liked to have seen him. I would have liked to have seen another wrestler who I think was actually good in the authority rather than what we have other than Rollins. But, um, yeah, I thought, his debut, I thought his re-debut or re-entry was good. And as a heel, they need him. As a heel. I mean, the babyface stuff is, is really was tired. So, Maybe it was a little year, a year too late, but he's there and he's a heel, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, and I, I, I see what you're saying there. I mean, I think that I think it might take a little while for the fans to go and fully accept him as a heel because they had him in the face not, for so not, long. Not according to last night. <laughs> not, not according to last night. They were booing the shit out of him. You know, they were booing him hard last night. And I think uh, I think a lot of the fans already were booing him before this. He was getting like half like John Cena ish type of reaction for the most part. So I, I don't know if it'll take too long to be honest with you. Okay, I can see that. Uh, do you like the idea that they kind of hinted on SmackDown, which I don't know. I haven't looked at the SmackDown spoiler, so I don't know what they did or did not do in regards to the IC title. But that we're going to have at least for one night Barrett and Sheamus as a tag team. I think that's an interesting direction to go. Or would you want to keep those guys away from each other, you know, for a little while? Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit soon for that for him to be wrestling. Um, I think really he should cut a promo, and that would be more effective. Or if they do a tag team, have him beat up Barrett, have him beat up Brian, have him beat up, have him beat up everybody. You know, establish this guy as a monster heel who doesn't care about anyone and just wants to beat everybody up. So I think that could be really effective, too. Um, so maybe it's a little bit too soon, but, you know, it is what it is. They got to put a match on SmackDown. So, you know, it's what it is. Were you a little surprised that besides the highlight, you know, the 47 highlight package is from, from Mania, um, that we didn't hear anything either from Way uh, Bray Wyatt or... The Undertaker wasn't even mentioned. The Bray Wyatt Undertaker stuff wasn't even mentioned at all on the show. Nope. Not surprised at all. Makes a lot of sense um, because Bray lost, and they've got to figure out what to do with them. Whenever Bray's won, lost one of these big matches, he always kind of regroups and comes back. So I definitely see that happening. Um, in terms of The Undertaker, there's no reason to mention The Undertaker won because everybody knows The Undertaker won. And they don't really need to worry about putting over The Undertaker until they get closer to next year's WrestleMania because putting them over now wouldn't really do any good. They want to highlight the guys who are there now and are doing something now. So it makes a lot of sense that they didn't mention either either guy uh, last night or Monday night. 
did you think that Dean Ambrose was the right guy to face John Cena the night after Mania? Did, or do you, especially the fact that Dean, who never wins anymore, was enough of a rub just to be in a match with John Cena post-Mania? Or do you think Dean should have done something where he actually got a win? I think, I, I think it would have been... I think the result that he got, a long, hard-fought match, would have been better by him winning some bootleg match by count out. That being said, they are going to have to give this guy a win at some point. Um, he's clearly in that kind of U.S. IC title picture, so we'll see where he goes. I like what they said. The announcers even said trying to put the U.S. title over with Ambrose, saying that he was he had the title for a year and that he felt like he never lost the title, so he feels like the title's still his. And that's one of the reasons why he's going after the title. So I thought the announcers made a good, uh, did a good job of putting putting that over. Um, but eventually they're gonna have to give him a win. But right now, it, it's okay, and it was a really really good match too. Um, and so you know we'll see where they go with him. Okay, so let's unless there's another thing on Roy you want to talk about. Uh, want to get a little into what Brock did on Monday? <laughs> sure, let's do it. All right, so Brock Lesnar started off the show. I think that Paul Heyman, we say this every week, Paul Heyman is just a, a maestro on the mic. I thought sure. that uh, you saw those opening more signals that Brock is the biggest face in this company now. And it's going to be interesting to see how Heyman, you know, goes about that, that thin line of – Staying with him as a face, you know, manager now. And I thought he did a good job with the idea of, you know, we could do things the underhanded way. We're having my, you know, my father, who's a famous Jewish lawyer, you know, get, get the title back. But Brock wants to do this the right way. So, I mean, I wonder how that's going to work in the long run with Heyman as a face, you know, manager. Or, if you know, how fast they get him away from Heyman, which... Could be interesting. So, what do you, you think of Heyman trying to be a little bit more of a face for a change? Start with that. So, one, a couple of things. One, the way Heyman cut the promo, he definitely cut the promo with the audience in mind. Like, he knew the audience he was speaking to. He knew that they were kind of an adult male-oriented audience, and that's kind of who, how he spoke to them. So, I thought his promo was brilliant, how he wrote it for those guys. Um I think that, you know, we're talking about Heyman turning on Lesnar and all this. I don't see why Heyman needs to turn on Lesnar. I don't see why Heyman couldn't do, and, and mistake me if, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be wrong, wasn't, wasn't CM Punk a partial baby face as the champion with, with Heyman, or was he, a, was he a heel the whole time? Uh, basically, like he, basically, from what I can recall off the top of my head, at, uh, uh, Punk was starting to go face after the, uh, I believe it was after the Undertaker match. And he was telling Heyman that he didn't want Heyman to speak for him. And that led to Heyman turning on him. Heyman turning on Okay, okay. I think in this case, they could absolutely have Heyman be a baby face. I think they could easily do the type of things that they're doing now. For the most part, Heyman's promos are not the fans are horrible and they're stupid. It is about how his client is the best and awesome and kills everybody. So I don't know why they can't continue those promos with him as a as a babyface. The fans already cheer for him half the freaking time anyway because they love him. So I don't know. I don't think they need Heyman to turn on him because then what would you do? Heyman would be with the authority too. Then you'd have Heyman and Stephanie cutting promos on Lesnar. And as much as we love Lesnar, you know, him having in-ring, you know, mic work, not the best. So um, I, I like the idea of Heyman staying a babyface, to be honest with you, and joining Brock Lesnar and having them cut babyface promos. You think we're going to see Heyman, like, every week promoting the Brock Lesnar brand? Or do you think now that Lesnar is going to be gone until, I would think, most likely SummerSlam? Because I don't know why you'd bring him back before then if it's not a major, major pay-per-view. What Basically, I'm asking you, what do you do with Heyman until Brock is ready to come back? A lot of times they don't do anything with Heyman. There's, there's, 
there are times when Heyman is not around at all. Um, he was around last year because they were trying to put Cesaro over and he was trying to have another Paul Heyman guy. Um, I don't know if there's someone that you can attach him to. Maybe that could be where they're going with one of these NXT guys. Maybe with, you know, I don't know, Sami Zayn or some somebody or other. He's going to say his next Paul Heyman guy is one of these NXT guys that come up. It didn't work so good with Cesaro, but, you know, maybe with one of these other guys it could. So they could do that with him. I think they either do that or they do very little with him. I think they're going to really push the Orton and Reigns, you know, one of those guys challenging him at Extreme Rules. Maybe both of them challenged Rollins at Extreme Rules. And I see them having the Brock Lesnar thing take a back seat um, for a while. That's interesting. I think it's I think it's bad idea to shelve your most entertaining part of your program most most weeks. But um, but let's get to Brock. Brock once again, his facials, his his actions when he was told he wasn't going to be getting his match, all perfect. You know, um, I think Stephanie was great. Uh, Brock, I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to say it. I'm going to miss Brock when he's gone. Every time he goes, you know, you f- you feel like you're missing a major part of the story. But Brock, I think, is going to is hot enough right now that if you play this right, when he comes back at SummerSlam, the fans will feel like he never even left. You know, so I mean, I think Brock did everything. Uh, yeah, I he think could him right. leaving will be okay. I mean, I think him leaving will be okay. It sucks, but he only has limited appearances, right? So. What are they going to, I mean, what could they do? He has limited appearances. They got to write him off TV somehow. So it's nothing that the WWE could do about it. This is the deal they have with them. So this is what they have to do. So yeah, he's going to be missed, but he can't be on every week. So that's, that they're they're working with what they can work with. So what what did you think of the uh, Brock Lesnar rampage after uh, Rollins, you know, ran for his life? I mean, I, Corey, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <clears throat> he was so mad because the the way he was, you know, one of the reasons why I like Brock so much is because with a lot of these guys, sports entertainers, wrestlers, they don't seem always natural when they do things. He seemed so natural. When he was told he didn't have the title, you could tell he seemed like he didn't know what to do. Like he was just pacing, he was walking around, and he really, it really seemed like he didn't know what to do next. Once Rollins escaped, he's like, shit, I don't, I'm just so mad, and I have so much pent up in me, I don't know what to do. And then he was like this animal who was like unleashed and could not be controlled Um, because you couldn't see it coming. It wasn't easy that, you know, you couldn't tell that he was going to beat up everybody, maybe J&J's security, but that's it. And the fact that he went crazy on everybody, it also showed you could say he attacked the WWE employees because he was attacking the WWE and the authority. He couldn't do anything to Rollins, but he could attack the authority by taking out their announcers, taking out their cameraman. And I think that's kind of part of where they were going with that. Uh, I think Stephanie was amazing. I own that son of a bitch. I love that promo that she gave to Renee after the attack. And I think, you know, Stephanie's making it really personal between her and Brock, um, which could then lead to a lot of different variations and, uh, you know, different feud. And I think Rollins and Brock has potential to be the feud of the year. Um, I know that they can't wrestle a lot of matches, and that, that's an issue. But, you know, and one thing I was going to bring up to you was Rollins being a transitional champion. And I do want to get your thoughts on that. But I don't know if he's going to be now. If Brock's not going to be there, you don't have Rollins lose this title until SummerSlam. That's the match that people want to see is Rollins against Brock, which I think could be a phenomenal match. So I thought it was brilliantly done. I, I loved I loved all of it. I loved how he destroyed everybody. The fans' reaction was great. And, you know, how Stephanie was was great. And the fact they didn't put Triple H in, I thought, was really, really important, too. I, I mean, maybe this – and part, I will say this partly kiddingly, but – I just loved when he killed Michael Cole. I thought that was tremendous. I mean, what we had afterwards with having to listen to, you know, Saxon, you know, terrible commentary was just... And and you've been been wanting to get Cole out of there forever. You got what you wanted. Be be careful what you wish for. 
you, you know what? I Saxon think those was, Saxon was awful. So be careful what you wish for. You have been on this podcast talking about how Michael Cole's the worst. Michael Cole's the worst. I don't like Michael Cole, but look at the alternative. He was Saxon was awful. So be careful what you wish for. That's all I have to say. How cool would it have been, though, after that happened? You heard uh, the music for JR, and JR came down to the rest of the show. <laughs> I mean, that... yeah, that's not the point. Yeah, that's not the point, though. They didn't want, they don't, the, the I know, point I know. is that he destroyed everything, and, you know, and now Stephanie's going to reward the fans. It's, you know, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, you know, I, that wasn't really a part of the storyline. Oh, no, I know. I just found it. It was funny because if you look at, you know, like some of the signs, you saw this right in back of the broadcast, uh, Booth, you you saw the sign with Jr's face on it, right? You know, basically when they came back from break, and you're sitting there going, yeah. "Oh, that'd be so cool if all of a sudden you hear that, if you hear you know the Oklahoma th- theme song, and then he comes down, and even if it was for for one night." But I'm I'm drifting off. But um, I thought the tack was really well done. I'd like I'm hoping I don't know who's going to replace him. Maybe Todd Phillips or one of the guys from NXT, the announcer from NXT, Rich Brennan, who I don't think is ready yet, but I think he's a decent announcer. I, I would like to see them go and play this for a little while where Michael Cole isn't there because if Michael Cole's back, you know, on Monday doing Raw, I think that's kind of ridiculous. But uh, I thought them getting rid of Booker and JBL, thought that was really all really well done. I don't know why for the, the next, you know, hour and a half you couldn't pick up the announce table. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous and bootleg. Well, I well I I agree, but I think the reason they did that is to put over the attack. They did that to put over what the destruction that Lesnar caused. Because if you notice, Stephanie said, you know, I'm going to find him for all the damage he caused. Yes, yeah, so I think that's really where, what they were going for. So I, it did look stupid. I agree, and it was weird. Like why can't they just put it down? But the more you think about it, the more like and, and for us as the adult male, quote-unquote. For us, it's easy to see, right? Like, we know, hey, put the thing down. We already know he attacked everyone. Um, but for audience that might be a little bit younger, it still puts over, like, man, that Brock Lesnar really destroyed everything, didn't he? They can't even get the, the announcer's table down. So I get for us it may have been a little bit stupid, but for other members of their audience, um, it makes a little bit more sense, I think, that they kept it up there. Okay. And I think that might have been part of the problem, that it would just seem so awkward. I know it's awkward and different, and different isn't always bad. But with the announcers basically standing right in front of the fans, and, you know, there was no – it just felt a little weird that, you know, they couldn't just put, you know, two chairs so they could sit down. That's a nitpick. I am just I just found it weird, and I thought it was just a little odd. Um, I think Brock is going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brock before SummerSlam – not not wrestle, but I could see him maybe do an appearance where he comes in and maybe, you know, attack somebody in the authority where he's becoming that thorn in the side where the, they're going to bring him back because of all the damage he's causing. You know, the rampage will, you know, will happen every week until, we you know, they reinstate him. Not, not that he'll actually be there every week, but I could just, I could see something where he makes appearances keeping himself, you know, relevant, I guess you'd say. Sure. I mean, he'll he'll be there. He won't, you know, he's he's not going to be around for a while. And last year he made, he was on Extreme Rules, I believe, right? So he won't be there at all. I don't, I think he's on Extreme Rules. Um, but he won't be there this year and we won't see him for quite a while, uh, most likely. So yeah, I'm sure he'll build those appearances up, let's say. Um, but they did a nice job of, of really writing him off TV. Uh, so let's move on. How do you feel about... Uh which we always know about the Extreme Rules, aka rematch from WrestleMania City. What do you What do you think of uh, another month of more than likely uh, Randy Orton versus uh, Seth Rollins, and you know John Cena versus Rusev most likely. You know, what do you think of What do you think of those directions of having to sit through that again for? I think Extreme month? Rules really is an underrated show. I think un- Extreme Rules can be fun. And having those matches again, but with a different twist, can be fun, too. I think this is the last time you've seen in Rusev, hopefully. Uh, Rollins and Orton is a pretty new feud, so I don't mind seeing that match again. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's really that bad. Um, a couple of things that, that I was thinking. 
we talked about Rollins, and I kind of brought this up on Twitter at WorkshootPod, and I just brought this up to you a little bit in passing. What do you think about the idea of, of Rollins as a transitional champion? Now, if he's a champion from now until SummerSlam, that's four months. I don't know. I think that's a transitional champion. Maybe it's not in this day and age, but whatever. Basically, his first major feud he loses, I, I don't know. Uh, do you think that Rollins is going to be more of a transitional champion? Do you think that it's possible they're just testing to see how the audience reacts to him as champion, and that's what they'll go by? Or do you think they see him as a guy who will be champion multiple times throughout his career already? Uh, I think there's a good chance he could be a multiple-time champion. I'm really interested to see how they book him in this title run. You know, how long they'll keep him as a weaselly, you know, heel, you know, needing backup. We'll see how, how they do that. Um, I fully expect him to be champion until Night of Champions. I think that he'll, I don't know if he'll beat him clean, but I think he'll win the first match against Brock and then they'll have a rematch at, at Night of Champions. I think that's a, a smart way to, uh, in my opinion, to book it. You know, okay. give him a little bit of a rub. I mean, do I see him having, you know, a great first title run. I think it's going to depend on how, you know, how the writers want to go and uh, portray him. Uh, I think that he's, I think he can be a great champion. I think, you know, him having matches with uh, Randy Orton, even though I think that can be the style. So I'm mean, great finish to that match. One of the, the best RKOs you've seen in a while, but um, I think he could have a good feud there. I wonder if they go right to Roman Reigns after that. Or do we maybe rebuild Dean, Dean, Dean Ambrose enough that we can continue that story now that, you know, he's champion. It's a different layer to it. Um, I see him holding the title for a good amount of time. I mean, I think the next interesting question is not, not you know, if he's a transitional champion is who do they put the rocket to next this time around for Money in the Bank? Because, you know, because once you have Money in the Bank before SummerSlam, you're also going to have the guy, who do we have to keep on thinking about that might try to cash in on Seth Rollins? I think this year it might be Ambrose. Um, but Money in the Bank is something that we don't know who's going to be in it yet. So I'd say let's wait on that for a little bit before we even, we don't even know who's going to be in the match. But, you know, we've been hearing these reports again about the crowd ed or the WWE editing booze for Roman Reigns. These rumors about them editing booze. Uh, Deadspin reported it last week, and we're hearing things about it this week again. The fans really shit on Reigns. And Reigns had a great match at WrestleMania. I don't know how much of it was him, to be honest with you. Or, I mean, he just basically got his ass kicked and then kind of fought back. I think really it was Brock. Um, but I think at this point now, I, I think we should stop booing him and we should give him a chance. Um, he's not the champion. And I think that the fans have really proven their point that this guy isn't ready. So I feel like continuing to boo him is, is, is kind of repetitive. That's probably one of the only things I didn't like that the crowd did yesterday. But the, the the point is, they're still booing him a lot. Triple H says that they cheer him in house shows and things like that. So who knows? But the question is, with Reigns, where do you go with him now? Do you put him in this Rollins-Orton feud? Do you have him go step down and wrestle somebody else for a little bit? One of the authority members, what have you. Where, where do you think they go with Reigns here? Because they've, they've got to figure out how they're going to make this guy continue to shine. I think that as much as I hate the idea, I'm, I fully expect at uh, Extreme Rules, we might see some sort of a tag team match, him and Ryback versus maybe Kane and uh, Big Show. As, much, as groaning as much as that sounds, I mean, I think, you know, I think the night after Mania, I think you're, they were setting up, you know, some new things, even though if they were old things, you know. I mean, I think that Ryback and Reigns being the two partners, I don't see that being just a one-night thing. I, I fully expect, you know, Ryback to feud with one of those two and whoever he's not feuding with, at least for a month, while they're trying to go and build up uh, Orin versus, you know, uh, Orin versus uh, Seth. I think that's mostly the easiest thing you can do. And I think, you know, the Kane and uh, Big Show are disposable enough characters right now that they don't get hurt by losing, to, you know, two rings. 
and it always looks yeah, and, and I think it on. always looks impressive. As much as we're bored of it, I think the idea of, of somebody giving a Superman punch or a you know a, a giant spear to someone who looks like a bigger than life character size wise, I think that for the average fan, I, I think that's an image that still play you know still plays very well. Yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know what they do with them. Um, you know, what you're saying is not a terrible idea in terms of putting him with um, against the authority along with Ryback and having him have some match. I don't know how they continue to build him up. Um, I think he has to get rid of that vest. The vest is so stupid. Um, but they, they've got to do something with him. I don't think that they can, t- they can continue going down this course with him as far as just let's just make him a big baby face because everyone loves him. I, I don't think they can do that. I think they need to figure something else out with him. I don't know what that is, but the fans are continuing not to buy into this guy. Uh, they totally flubbed him from the beginning, and the fans aren't buying it. And so I don't know, I don't know what you do. I, I don't know what you do now with him. Um, but, I, but I know the way they're going with him isn't the best. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, one guy who is a guy at the top of the card, usually, um, but now is not even sniffing the top of the card anymore, and he's one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. That would be John Cena. This guy won the U.S. Championship yesterday against Rusev, or Sunday, sorry, against Rusev. He wrestled a tremendous match against Dean Ambrose. He is still taking shit from the fans. And he's doing a really nice job and not complaining. And we, you know, talk about John Cena all the time. I think the two of us on this podcast have um, a lot of respect for him and his game and what he's done. And uh, I think we, we, we've grown to even have more respect for him over the course of us doing this show for the past year and change. What do you think about Cena? What do you think about kind of what, what I'm saying as far as him kind of basically being okay, being in the middle of the card, kind of an upper mid-card guy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Cena? I think we're both going to have some of those answers answered. Well, that really sounded great. Answered, answered. Uh, on Monday, when we get the uh, the Jericho podcast, I think that could be uh, an interesting subject matter that Jericho brings up with him on the network. Um, I, think it's, I think it's great when an older star goes and figures out he doesn't always have to be on top. So I think that's good. Um, I, I, Me personally, I'm not sure how long he's going to keep the U.S. title. I could see them, you know, WrestleMania, you make the, the big splash, and then Rusev wins the title back if it does happen at uh, Extreme Rules. I, I don't know how long Cena will be out of the main event picture because Rollins still, you know, has feuded with Cena in the past. I think Rollins is going to be will be an interesting opponent for Cena now that you have the new dynamic as champion. Uh, I I mean maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see Cena out of the main event picture for that long. I mean, does the U.S. title mean more with with Cena holding it? I would think so, at least for the short term. But I really think that if it wasn't WrestleMania, I think they would have kept the title on Rusev, and I would not be surprised. If they put it back on Rusev sooner than later. All right, all right, we'll see. Um, so you're usually the one who brings up all the topics. I just had a couple that I was, was interested in. Uh, what else do you have for, for us this week? All right, now WWE Network announced a bunch of new shows, new possible disasters for people to not watch or watch on this network. You know, Jerry Springer and some camp uh, animated show by Seth. Um, Seth Green with his robot chicken and, you know, a diva search again. But the thing that came out that I cared about, and it's been recently, at least from Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, has said he spoke to somebody and this was a misprint. But when they were talking about all the news things on the network, they went and said that there would be monthly specials of NXT. Now, like I said, Jason Powell has spoken to somebody, one of his sources in WWE, and it said that as far as they know, that was a mistake, that it, there'll still be quarterly shows. But what's your gut reaction hearing that NXT could be doing 
basically, you know, three one-hour shows a month and one one network special every month. Do you think that's going to water down the product fast, or what? What's your opinion on if that had happened? I don't want them to do that. I think they have a limited roster. Um, just because they have a small roster, they don't have that many people to build up to all those matches that soon. One of the things that's great about NXT is the fact that they don't have pay-per-views or show big shows every month. So you can really build up to those big shows. So no, I don't expect um, uh, I don't expect um, them to do those shows, uh, monthly shows. And I hope that they don't. I, I really prefer them to be quarterly and do them how they're doing them now. And I, you know, I agree, I agree with that for the most part. I mean, I thought when I first heard about it, I thought it was an interesting idea and see how that would affect the product. And I think that could, as of right now, I think that would be a negative. I think the idea of giving a couple of months, the old format of, you know, back in the day you had the four major pay-per-views, you give time for stories to develop. I know that when uh, TNA went and decided to eliminate, you know, four or five pay-per-views, it didn't make the product any better because they didn't have, I guess, the writing staff to develop, you know, long-term, week-by-week television and having, you know, the monthly. I don't think that is. Yeah, I don't good think knows what that is, Cora. Well, good writing. They don't know good writing. They don't know long-term storylines. Go ahead. But, you know, I'm just, I thought it was kind of interesting to see if they have done this. Like I said, Jason Powell said that from what he's heard, so, I mean, it could still happen. But if it does, I think it would hurt the product quite a bit. And I think it would most likely stunt the growth of some of these guys because you'd be going going through feuds so fast. You know, especially... I, mean, I think if they did that... Go ahead. I, I was going to... If they did that, I think they have to bring down a lot of WWE guys to fill in. A lot of main roster guys to fill in. Which we don't, like, want to see, right? Like, every now and then when they have a guy making an appearance, it's good. But this show is about these young guys getting their shot. It's not about let's bring back Kane or the Big Show or whatever. We don't want to see that. And the audience doesn't want to see it. So I really think it would hurt the show if they did that. I really, really, really hope they don't do that. But, you know, I guess we'll see. Something that uh, we forgot to talk about on about Raw, and I thought it was done well on uh, at Mania, what did you think of... Well, we spoke about it on our last show. But what did you think of the Miz Dow Miz on Raw? Do you think that was a good next step? Or do you think that they should slow this down a little bit? Where do you where do you see with Miz Dow and Miz? I mean, we talk about long-term stories. I mean, this is one of the longest-term stories they've, they've done in a long time. So I think they're okay with the pacing of it and where it's gone. And... Um, yeah, the Miz was pissed about Sandow, so I think that's good. Um, I, I like where they're going with it. I don't know what you do with Miz down, what his gimmick is going to be moving forward, but I, I definitely expect them to have a match at Extreme Rules, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them go at it. Yeah, I think it was well done, Ron. Do you feel that – do you think this is something that should end at Extreme Rules, or do you think this has legs where you let this build for a little while, or do you think it's just this, the one match – yeah, some just tip match and then it's over. I think they need to. I think I would see how the audience reacts to this, and I'd also see if they have something else to do with these guys. Because if they have nothing else to do with them, you know that could be hard. Now, is this going to be like a three pay per view program? I, I think probably not. But I, I do see them at least having this match, maybe another match on Raw. Something like that. But I see the feud extending probably beyond Extreme Rules because I don't know if they're going to have anything to do with them after that. I, I guess I could see that. I'm not, I think it's been done pretty well, so I wouldn't mind uh, having this go a little bit longer, even past Extreme Rules. But I think that's one of the shining – I think that's one of the bright spots of the product right now. This this low-level feud between Miz and Mizdow, I think they've done a tremendous amount of good good work on what they've had to work with. I agree. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. It's been it's been three plus weeks. And I still can't get rid of this damn cough. Um, what if anything do you expect to see from the WWE in this mostly cool down period? Do you do you expect to see anyone post WrestleMania really you know take the ball and run with it, or do you think 
we're in for, you know, basically what we what what's there is there right now. I think I don't know. I think we're going to continue to see these debuts um, because I think we should. You know, I, I think they're doing a nice job with it. I think, you know, if they're in Iowa, I don't know if we should see the debuts of the, of the, of the people. I think they really need, need to kind of go by who the audience is going to be uh, to see who we're going to get. Um, so um, I won't be surprised to see the debut. I see one surprise from who we get from NXT. A heel stable, a surprise attack. I, I think we'll get something significant from one of these NXT debuts. Maybe over the next couple of weeks, maybe not. Um, they'll continue the Rollins thing for sure. And I think it'll become a Orton-Rollins feud. I think that's really where they'll go with it. They'll probably throw Reigns in the mix as well. And he'll come out and say, I didn't get, you know, I lost the title. I didn't get it, blah, blah, blah. So they'll have him do stuff. Um, they'll continue the Miz Dow Miz thing. Um, the IC title stuff is kind of a feud onto its own. And the good thing about the IC title stuff is they have so many guys who are competitors for the title that they could basically always have some type of feud with one guy or another. So um, I expect that to continue as well. Do you see, how do I put this? Do, do you see the WWE getting, um, a big push from this post-WrestleMania hype? Or do you think that maybe a week from now, WrestleMania will be over and it'll just go back to the malaise of just, we guess what, what it is, is what it is, it is, you know, do we go back to, you know, post you know, Royal Rumble, Royals and all that other stuff? Um, yeah. And that's a lot more people that watched this week than last week. It's a lot more people. So they'll probably keep some of that audience, and then, you know, slowly they'll kind of drift down. But I expect them to keep some of the audience from the last, from from this week for sure. So a lot of more people that watched this week than last week. So um, they should be able to keep some of the audience. And they also had a really good show on Raw, so that should also help keep some of the audience as well. So I, I think they'll still have some momentum post-WrestleMania for the next few, few weeks or so. All right, last thing on my uh, I want to talk about this week, and if something else you have, we'll, we'll discuss it. Is and the uh, now the person I'm going to talk about right now, you're going to say, who cares? He's a he's a jobber, but it's, I think it's a bigger thing than just that. Uh, Post WrestleMania NXT uh, enhancement talent, I'll say right now because of the way he's been treated. CJ Parker uh, asked for his release. Now a guy who's basically just putting other people over, asking to release, is, most likely isn't a big deal. But the idea that he was in developmental for four for four years, and from what we've been able to figure out, is basically he realized he wasn't going anywhere, and he felt, you know, it was time to go and maybe move on to do other indies and stuff like that. When you have guys like C.J. Parker, a guy like Prince Pretty, um, I just forgot the guy's name because I'm a genius. I can't remember his name. That's not good. What's Prince Pretty's name? Help me out here, please. Uh, uh, Mike Dalton, uh, Tyler Breeze. Thank you. Tyler Breeze has been there for uh, forever. He's been there, what, for four or five years himself. I know he's in the middle of a feud with Atami, uh, and uh, they could have a two out of three falls match tonight on the network, which I would guess that everybody should check out. But when you have guys that have been there as long as they have and haven't had a sniff at the main roster... Do you think that uh, a guy like C.J. Parker is making the right decision here? Or do you think that you just tough it out, you got a job, and you continue with it? I mean, like I said, C.J. Parker being on the main roster, I don't think it's a big deal one way or another. But just the idea of someone being in development for so long and, you know, them not, you know, giving a chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have, have seen C.J. Parker much. Even if you've watched NXT, he hasn't been on much uh, for a while. Um, he was, he wrestled Kevin Owens in his debut on one of the NXT specials a few months ago. Um, he does this kind of peace and love gimmick. Um, and so his gimmick was okay. And I thought he was funny. Um, I never thought he was really that good in the ring. Um, and he was down there for a long time. And, and I guess he stated that he wants to really get better and up his game. 
and he feels like, you know, NXT is not really helping him do that, or WWE isn't really, so he wants to kind of go out there and do his own thing, so, you know, good for him. And, and you know, it's one of those things where they granted him his release and everything. Maybe he comes back a couple of years from now with a new gimmick and something else, and he's new and improved. So you never know. But I think he was there long enough. I think we didn't see him get better, really. I didn't really see a lot from him in terms of his matches. So, you know, it was time for him to go. So good for him, and hopefully he figures figures things out and, and gets better and maybe comes back. And like I said, you know, a guy being down there forever isn't the end. doesn't mean they're never going to come up. I mean, you, as bad as they are, the Ascension, I believe, were down there for, you know, a number of years. So just because you're... Yeah, there's a reason There's a reason they were down there so long. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, you know, I, we hope, you know, the best... We can sound like WWE, it's like the best in Tyler Breeze, not Tyler Breeze, Jesus Christ, I hope that doesn't happen. The best in CJ Parker's future endeavors. Uh, but, you know, like I said, you know, guys, when, hopefully he gets better. Maybe we'll see him again somewhere down the line. Before we call it a day, uh, Jason, uh, any, now that you've had, you know, basically 72 hours to digest it, 96, whatever it is, any thoughts uh, on WrestleMania now that you've had a chance to think about it a little more? It's not, you know, instantly just happened anything that you know strikes your fancy that was either better than you thought it was worse something that you know you didn't get just to comment on when we did the show with uh, the guy who doesn't read you know rumor pages i <laughs> uh, no, I, I continue to think it was a good show um i rewatched some of it um you know this thing triple h thing a lot of people complained but i thought it was a fun segment and it, it was clear that it wasn't a real serious segment or Real serious match, I should say. Um, I thought the Brock Rain stuff was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that match, even watching it a second time. Um, so nothing significant that I, I thought of that I didn't think of then. Um, I, I thought it was just—I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous WrestleMania, and one of the best WrestleManias I've ever seen. Very cool. Well, on that note, uh, I agree with you. I mean, only thing I would say is that because the Sting-Triple H match was seemed to be booked so seriously in the lead-up, would have hoped it would have been thought of as a more serious match. Sure. But Sting has a lot of uh, lot of ring rust, and even when he was in TNA, was, he wasn't always great in the ring. So they, they felt they did what they had to do. I guess they didn't trust him enough. And it will be interesting to see what they do with Sting down the road, because after, after Raw, they had, you know, the three minutes or whatever it was, on the network where he said, you know, wait, 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 hold on, Corey, we're gonna we're gonna tell you on the network Sting's announcement, his future plans. Sting, what are your future plans? I don't know what my future plans are. What the? <laughs> <laughs> they like, so they told you he's gonna have future plans, and then he says he doesn't know what they are. So couldn't he have just told us he doesn't know? Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny, but. I digress. Now, we, we heard what the fans wanted. They all chanted The Undertaker, and he didn't. He seemed like that would be a good idea. But, uh, so, like I said, this, this last you know week or so of, of wrestling was pretty damn good. Hope for more good stuff in the year to come of the wrestling calendar. Uh, Jason, you want to let people know how they can uh, follow us if you randomly saw this on you know, a forum or something? Well, before we do that, we got to let people know about our sponsor, the official sponsor, of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, which is Punch Apparel. That's www.punc.co. They've got sweatshirts, T-shirts, uh, cool apparel. They have free worldwide shipping. And you can type in shoot at checkout, S-H-O-O-T, if you're not a good speller, all in caps. You save 15% off your total purchase, and shipping is free worldwide. So punch.co. Uh, so to get a hold of us, uh, Corey's on Twitter at Paladin808. Nobody cares. I'm on Twitter, or we're both really on Twitter, the official Twitter of the Work Shoot Podcast, which is at Work Shoot Pod. At Work Shoot Pod, I tweet raw every now and then, SmackDown, and most of the pay-per-views. Um, we're on Facebook also at the Work Shoot Podcast. We have a Facebook page. And um, you can go to the website, which is our, other, our website, which is www.workshoot.automatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. And obviously, we encourage everyone to subscribe to us on iTunes. Just look us up at the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. 
subscribe to us so you never miss a show. Obviously, in the last week, we've done like four shows, so um, we don't always do the show on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Tuesday, so you'll never miss a show. And please leave a review. If you like our show on iTunes, please leave a review. Let us know what you think. It'll help us uh, gain more exposure. Thanks. Very cool. And uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you, everybody, for listening at record numbers over this last week and a half. Uh, we always appreciate everything you guys give us. And I want to say, everybody, should check out uh, NXT tonight. Like I said before, we've got a Kenta versus Tyler Breeze in two out three falls. Also, on the New Japan front, we have the Invasion Attack show coming up. Uh, tomorrow, or this actually tomorrow morning, we have Ibushi versus AJ Styles for the New Japan uh, World Heavyweight title. So those are two things I would definitely check out. But for, uh, for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. We'll hopefully see you next week. And Jason, you want to give your final words on this wonderful week of wrestling? I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Three.